Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to 48 Hours ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app. Need more true crime in your life? An Audible membership can solve that. Audible is the ultimate destination for thrilling audio entertainment. As an Audible member, you could choose one title a month to keep from the entire catalog. Don't miss The Serial Killer's Apprentice by Katherine Ramsland and Tracy Allman. It follows the true story of how Houston's deadliest murder turned a kid into a killer in training. New members can try Audible free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash 48 hours or text 48 hours to 500-500. That's audible.com slash 48 hours or text 48 hours to 500-500 to try Audible free for 30 days audible.com slash 48 hours. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. Court will come to order all rise. The case starts on Monday, June 29th. 2015. Hi, I'm Dr. Teresa Severs. Dr. Teresa Severs was due at work and she didn't arrive. Teresa Severs is found on her kitchen floor, dead. A pool of blood surrounds her head. She is cold to the touch. This is Dr. Teresa Sievers, high-profile doctor, did a lot of holistic medicine, and people, uh, you know, said that she was just a little spitfire, just a short little thing, and always wearing, you know, four-inch heels, clacking around. So let's get started. We got a lot of stuff to talk about. Ladies, remember when walking into a room meant turning heads? When I got into work that day, we were getting word that this um, 46-year-old doctor was dead. This beloved woman in our community had been brutally killed inside her own house. Mark and Teresa have been a couple since 2003 uh, when they got married in a beachside ceremony in St. Petersburg. She was sort of the breadwinner and he was the office manager at her practice and he helped raise the kids. They had a trip planned to New York and Teresa would fly home that Sunday night to be at work Monday morning. So on Sunday night, she comes back here to the Southwest Florida International Airport. She calls Mark, tells him she's safe, and then gets in her car and heads back to their house. 911, what is your emergency? Uh, I'm at a friend's house. Mark had a friend come and check up on her. Uh, he's out of town, and she's dead on the floor. 
and there's a hammer at the side, and she's bashed in the back of the head. It will later be determined that there are 17 impact wounds to her skull. Who would possibly want this feisty Florida doctor dead? That question led investigators on a wild chase that ended more than a thousand miles away with the shocking arrest of three people. A break in the case came from all places from the state of Missouri. There were electronic footprints. When you step outside your home, folks, you're always being observed. Once you started to unwrap it a little bit, it was nutty, it was weird, and it was hard to keep track of it all. This is a case in which 21st century technology became vital. I've been told we have a verdict. beautiful, successful woman who is murdered, that's sort of what society pays attention to, for better or for worse. When you first started on this case, would you have ever imagined it would end up to where it is right now? No. The shocking murder of Dr. Teresa Severs in Bonita Springs, Florida, was a huge story, especially for Jessica Lipscomb, who covered crime for the Naples Daily News. To think of this mother of two who was killed brutally inside her home was horrifying to people. The doctor had cut short a family vacation in upstate New York and had flown home alone on Sunday night, June 28, 2015, so she could see patients the next morning. You kind of put yourself in her shoes, rolling your suitcase through the door, and then to be attacked by someone from behind, it's, it's hard to imagine. Investigators believe that as soon as Dr. Sievers walked into her kitchen, she was killed, struck repeatedly with a hammer. The next morning, uh, her office staff got in. It's now 9 o'clock. Now it's 9.05. Now it's 9.15. I said, where's doctor? Sandra Hoskins was Teresa Seaver's longtime medical assistant. I was texting back and forth trying to see if, you know, where you at, and no response called, no answer. Mark's out of town. He says, I can't get a hold of her either. How unusual was it for Dr. Sievers not to show up? Even if it was 9 o'clock and 3 seconds after, you would hear her heels coming in. It was just so unbelievable. 
When Connie Reese heard the tragic news, she contacted her stepbrother, Mark Seavers, the doctor's husband. How did he react to the death of his wife? He couldn't speak. He's not the kind of guy that's been overly emotional on the outside, but he couldn't speak. Connie and Mark became family when her mother married his father. I asked him what happened to Teresa. And what did he say? No idea. Mark met his future wife in 2003 when he was visiting St. Petersburg, Florida. Pretty much love at first sight? Well, I think by the time that he introduced her to mom, uh, I think he was pretty much done. He was off the market officially. (laughs) Yeah, really. (laughs) He was working as a nurse while she was a recently divorced physician. Teresa hung the moon. She was a remarkable human being and very special, and that's the way Mark treated it from the beginning. You could could hear it in his voice. They were married on the beach, surrounded by friends and family, including stepmother Jenny Weckelman. It was a sunset wedding, and she had a beautiful gown. It was very nice. Was he happy on that day? Oh, my gosh. (laughs) He was very happy. Six months later, their first daughter was born. The Seavers built a large house in Bonita Springs and in 2007 welcomed another daughter. How did Mark feel about being a dad? It was everything to him. They were his reason for being, but he was also all about Teresa and her mission. We talk about our physical health, mental health, That mission was to open a holistic practice where she could heal patients by blending traditional and alternative medicine. She also spread her message in speeches and videos. There's our spiritual and energetic health. We would have patients from all over the world. They would come to us after they failed everything else. She wouldn't take no for an answer. Talking about the doctor still makes Sandra emotional. And as a patient, she wouldn't allow you to say, I'm never going to get better. While patients love the doctor, Sandra and her husband, Frank Pays, who also worked at the practice, admit it wasn't always easy working for Seavers. She had a short fuse. I would hear doctors screaming and yelling in the back office. Dr. Seavers would yell at the patients? She was there to help you get better didn't have what they called the bedside manner. Would she yell at you? <laughs> yes. Yeah, a wrist is a problem. The she problem. expected perfection. And if it wasn't perfect, she would get upset. Because I need to maintain my mental sharpness. She was a, a, a big presence, and sometimes that meant that she got really feisty with people. She was the, the biggest figure in the room. While Teresa took care of her patients, Mark managed her office and took care of their daughters. The girls were his pride and joy. And according to her sister, Annie Lisa, Teresa was equally devoted to Mark. Teresa always said, I'll never leave Mark. Mm -hmm. I won't ever do that to my girls. Nevertheless, within weeks, Mark Seavers became a person of interest. Did he cooperate initially? Oh, yes. I think he thought he was doing the right thing. Mark spoke to investigators without a lawyer present and even handed over his cell phone and allowed them to download the contents. 
Was he worried he might be arrested? He thought, why would they? What kind of evidence could they possibly have? Because I didn't do anything. In fact, Mark Seavers had an airtight alibi. At the time of Teresa's murder, he and their two girls were with Teresa's family, hundreds of miles away in New York. This podcast is supported by FedEx. FedEx offers fast delivery, more visibility, simple returns, and weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. population on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. With FedEx, you get picture-proof of delivery, ensuring you always know where your package is. Returns are simple with packageless and paperless returns. Plus, FedEx Ground is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. So, what are you waiting for? See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. This episode is brought to you in part by June's Journey. Picture it, the glamour of the roaring 20s wrapped in a mystery that only you can solve. Dive into June Parker's captivating quest to uncover scandalous family secrets. With your keen eye for detail, find hidden clues and solve mind-boggling puzzles. It's all about observation, intrigue, and drama. But beware, each clue leads deeper into a thrilling storyline filled with danger and romance. June needs your help, detective. Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Your adventure awaits. Eight days after Dr. Teresa Seavers was murdered, friends and family came together for her funeral, including Mark's stepmother, Jenny Weckelman. There were a lot of people, yes. Yeah, and, and it was sad, of course. Almost all her patients were there. I was numb. Mark Seavers reportedly had a gun strapped to his waist at his wife's funeral. Strange? Well, perhaps... But her killer hadn't yet been arrested. And according to stepsister Connie Reese, Mark was on edge. He was very much in protective mode. When you say protective mode, what do you mean? Well, I think, you know, he always keeps an eye and an ear to the ground, so to speak, and is aware of his surroundings. And, you know, he, he was concerned for their, their safety. I think it was in the back of his mind that, that there might be some danger to his daughters because of what happened to their mother. It just didn't make any sense. Who would want the vibrant and dedicated Dr. Teresa Seavers dead? And why kill her with such anger and force? Could have been anybody. I really thought maybe it was just somebody that was in the area and broke in or something. There were signs of a forced entry, pry marks on a side door, But Mark's extensive gun collection and $40,000 in cash discovered inside the Seavers' home hadn't been touched. So when this happened, everyone wanted to know what happened with the alarm. And as it turns out, it, it hadn't been activated. While the family was on vacation, Mark had asked his mother, Bonnie Seavers, to feed the family pets. She had trouble setting the alarm that Sunday and told detectives... Her son Mark said not to worry about it. 
Monday morning, Dr. Sievers was discovered dead on her kitchen floor. This is Mark's mother speaking to investigators. So I really feel that it's my fault. You can't, you cannot blame yourself. <laughs> Around the time of Dr. Seaver's murder, the internet was buzzing with reports about the suspicious deaths of other alternative doctors in the U.S. Did Mark think that her death might be connected with that? Yes, yes, he did. But with no real evidence to make that connection, investigators turned their attention to the people who might have had an axe to grind with the energetic, often abrasive, Dr. Seavers. I think the theory that I heard was that maybe it was a patient. Um, obviously, they were interviewing all of her friends and family members, so it was pretty much like a wide-open field of suspects at that point. Then, a surprising name emerged. In her police interview, Dr. Seaver's sister, Annie Lisa, said she heard Sandra Hoskins was a disgruntled employee. That's the same Sandra who seemed so upset by Dr. Seaver's death. You may not like your boss, but you don't badmouth them to patients that are coming in the doors, like Dr. Seaver's, you know, she's, yeah, a, she's a bitch. Well, I'm like, oh my God, they think I did it. Sandra, who claimed she had been treated harshly by Dr. Seavers in the past, had planned to hand in a resignation that very Monday the doctor was found dead. According to Sandra, the doctor told her she was bringing bad energy to the office. Now I know why I was not received very well at her memorial. Why would anyone think that you did this? That is shocking to me. A lot of the patients did know the way she treated me. And so people thought, maybe you just had enough. Yeah. Sandra Hoskins was cleared when nearly two months after Dr. Seavers was murdered, there was a stunning break in the case. Police made arrests, and the suspects were not from Florida. So we showed up to a press conference, I believe that August, and the sheriff gets up there and tells us uh, simply the name of uh, the first suspect, Jimmy Rogers, and he says he's from Missouri, and he's been booked for the murder of Teresa Sievers. Never heard of him. So I thought, oh, well, who is he, and what's he got to do with this? And then about an hour later, he calls us in again and says, we've now picked up a second suspect, Curtis Wayne Wright also from Missouri. It was so shocking. To solve this murder, investigators would travel more than a thousand miles, and they were in for a wild ride. They would soon discover this case had as many twists and turns as the Missouri River. Tonight's 48 Hours will continue. Teresa Seavers was bludgeoned to death with a hammer. Neighbors are still waiting for answers. The two arrests for Teresa Seavers' murder, made 1,100 miles away in Missouri, seemed to come out of the blue. Mark's stepmother, Jenny Weckelman. Why? You know, what's going on? Just seemed like such a disconnect. 
No one had ever heard of the suspect, Jimmy Ray Rogers. But it was the mugshot of the other suspect, Wayne Wright, that struck everyone. He had an uncanny resemblance to the victim's husband, Mark Seavers. They look alike, yeah. At least in pictures, they look like twins. And that's in, that's that's when I've started to believe, you know, that definitely there is not something right with with Curtis Wayne Wright. As it turns out, Curtis Wayne Wright, he goes by Wayne, was no stranger to Mark's family. He was Mark's very good friend from ages and ages. So I didn't believe it. I didn't. It just didn't make sense. Wayne and Mark had grown up together in Missouri. Wayne was at Teresa's funeral. He had celebrated Mark and Teresa's wedding with them. And just two months before the murder, Mark had been Wayne's best man at his wedding. Wayne was also a familiar face around the office. Did you two know Wayne Wright? How did you know him? He was the computer guy that looked just like Mark. Wayne would travel from Missouri to Florida to work on the computers in Dr. Seaver's office. How would you describe Wayne? He was geeky. All he wanted to do was get the computers up and running, focused. But to me, he just seemed like a very geeky creepster. Did he make you nervous? A little bit. I can't explain it. It's just a woman's intuition. How would you describe Mark and Wayne's relationship? They appear to be close friends? Yeah. He always said he's my brother from another mother. Yeah, that was his lingo. Back in Hillsboro, Missouri, Greg Boland knew both Mark and Wayne when they both had hair. This here is Hillsboro Elementary School. This is where me and Wayne met for the very first time in third grade. Greg Boland remembers his high school classmate Wayne as a tech whiz, the kid voted most dependable, and as a fun guy to hang around with. He actually ran for and became our class president. Smart? Very smart. Quite honestly, he was one of the smartest people with computers that I ever met. But it wasn't long before Greg suspected Wayne Wright had a dark side. In 1996, Greg's brother Ronnie Boland, a preacher, mysteriously disappeared. His body has never been found. And according to police, Ronnie was last seen with Wayne. Do you believe Wayne Wright killed your brother? Yes, I do. You have no question about that. I have no doubt in my mind. Greg believes the motive was money that Wayne owed Ronnie. Reporter Jessica Lipscomb. They found his car with the car keys still in the ignition in a car wash in St. Louis. Wayne has never been charged in Ronnie's disappearance, but he is listed in a police report as a person of interest. And Wayne's no stranger to the criminal justice system. In 2011, he was serving time for drug possession when he befriended the other suspect in Dr. Seaver's murder, a young inmate named Jimmy Ray Rogers, who was doing time on a weapons charge. You could just tell he needed a job. He wanted a job, you know. Jimmy was released from jail. Show you. Tyler Juliet and Jeff Conway hired him to work at a contracting company. He liked to tell a lot of stories. A lot of things he told at the time, nobody really believed Jimmy. He liked to brag a little bit about the things he had done in the past. A colorful criminal past. He says Jimmy would brag about con jobs ranging from stolen merchandise 
to counterfeit money. I never felt Jimmy was a dangerous guy. I just felt like he was a blowhard, honestly. You know, I really felt like he was just a talker. Conway recalls that he had asked Jimmy to work on Monday, June 29th. But Jimmy texted him back and said he wasn't available. All it said was, I can't do that. I'm still in Florida. It was on June 29th that Dr. Teresa Seavers was discovered bludgeoned to death with a hammer inside her Florida home. And it didn't go unnoticed to investigators that Jimmy Ray Rogers had a unique nickname. Supposedly, Jimmy Rogers' nickname was The Hammer, but I think that was more of like a self-given nickname. If you talk to some of his friends from high school, they say nobody really called him that. But I think maybe going to jail for the first time, you know, trying to make a name for himself, maybe that's something he sort of assigned himself to fit in. Why was Jimmy The Hammer Rogers in Florida that fateful weekend? Was Wainwright with him? And what led authorities to believe they were involved in a doctor's murder? Why would Wayne try to look like Mark? See more evidence from the case on Facebook at 48 Hours. Tonight's 48 Hours will continue. Sound the gifting panic alarm. We've all been there. You need to find the perfect gift. You have absolutely zero ideas and you don't know where to start. Relax. Now you can use Gift Mode on Etsy. Gift Mode takes the stress out of gifting so you can find the perfect item for anyone and any occasion. Just answer a few short questions about who you're shopping for and what they like and Gift Mode gives you curated gift ideas based on hundreds of personas. Imagine pages of artisan espresso mugs for the coffee connoisseur in your life. Or for the pickleballer, customized paddle covers in every shade imaginable. Etsy's got you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try gift mode on Etsy now. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Back in June 2015... Practically everyone in Hillsboro, Missouri, knew that Wainwright was planning a weekend trip out of town. He let it slip to lots of people that he was going down to Florida, told some people he was even going to visit the Seavers. And it wasn't long before police got a tip that Wayne had been in Florida at the time of Dr. Seavers' murder. And he hadn't gone there alone. He went with his jailhouse pal, Jimmy the Hammer Rogers. Jimmy's boss, uh, Jeff Conway. Uh, He told me a story that his brother had graduated from law school and that he had invited Jimmy down to Florida for the weekend, uh, all expenses paid. But he told his pregnant girlfriend, Taylor Showmaker, another story. He was going out of town for a few days to work with Wayne. He had told her that he was going down to Florida to make some money. Weeks after Jimmy and Wayne returned, Detectives from Florida showed up in Hillsboro, Missouri. 
They confronted Wayne about that tip placing him in Florida, but he refused to talk. He didn't need to. A rental car GPS gave the cops what they needed to know. On the morning of June 27, 2015, Wayne Wright got into a rental car here in Hillsborough, Missouri, and then went to pick up Jimmy Ray Rogers. At some point, this address was put into the GPS, and then the two men took off for the 1,100-mile ride to Bonita Springs, Florida. After driving all day and all night on Sunday, June 28th, Wayne and Jimmy arrived at the Seavers' home, the Bonita Springs address. It's all right there in the GPS, a digital footprint for investigators. When Jimmy and Wayne arrived around 6 a.m., authorities believe they turned off the house alarm. That may explain why Mark's mother, Bonnie, was so confused about the alarm system. I was not there at 6.09 in the morning. He was turning for 6.09. Yeah, but someone was in there? That's what we're trying to work on. Oh, my God. Then, according to the GPS, Jimmy and Wayne left the Seavers' home and typed in another address for a Walmart to do some shopping. Obviously, looking at that security footage from the Walmart, they're able to pretty quickly determine that that's who who was with Wayne. They made no effort to cover their faces, disguise themselves. They just waltzed through like they were anyone else. They bought, among other things, trash bags, flushable wet wipes, black towels, black shoes, and a lock-picking kit. They paid cash for their purchase with a $100 bill. After shopping at Walmart, Jimmy and Wayne continued using the navigation system, even to find the beach and soak up some sun. Does it make any sense that this guy who was so good with computers would have left such a trail? It does, but it doesn't. to a lot of people looking at it, it, it kind of makes it look like, you know, these guys were just dumb and dumber. But that's a lot of how he operated. After their beach trip, according to police affidavits, Wayne and Jimmy returned to the Seavers' home, where they hung out for hours in the garage, waiting for an unsuspecting Dr. Seavers to arrive. In the early morning hours of Monday, June 29th, the GPS again shows Jimmy and Wayne on the highway, headed northbound for the 17-hour drive back to Missouri. The electronic trail would eventually lead detectives to Jimmy Ray Rogers' door. But like Wayne, he denied he had anything to do with the murder. But when police brought in Jimmy's girlfriend, Taylor Showmaker... What a story she had to tell. Jimmy Ray Rogers took his girlfriend, Taylor, for a ride right along here, Route 47 in rural Missouri. And along this road, he asked her to throw out parts of his cell phone, which he had smashed earlier, some gloves, and a jumpsuit. He said, throw this in the river, and it took me a minute to click in. And then I threw uh, the gloves out, and I waited a minute, and then I threw out the jumpsuit. Did you ask why, or you just did it? No, I just did it. I was scared. Okay. Taylor told police that's when she pushed Jimmy to tell her exactly what happened in Florida. And he told me about using a hammer on her. 
Okay, and he said that he killed Teresa Seaver's Mark's wife yes. with a hammer. Yes. Florida detectives now thought they knew who killed Teresa Seavers, but they still didn't know the why. Why would Wayne Wright want to kill his best friend's wife? Did everyone then say, oh my gosh, Mark had to be involved? Definitely. I mean, there was really no putting Wayne in Florida in Bonita Springs inside their house without Mark knowing about it. Did it occur to either one of you that Mark might be involved? No. Not even a thought in the back of your mind? No, no, absolutely not. But when investigators downloaded Mark's cell phone, they discovered the Seavers' marriage was more troubled than anyone guessed. Despite having $40,000 in cash around the house, they had serious financial problems. And when investigators discovered five insurance policies on Teresa, totaling more than $4 million, it was a big red flag. Jimmy's girlfriend had told police that Teresa's death was a murder for hire and that Jimmy was supposed to be paid $10,000. And then asked him how does he make money and it was murdering Mark's wife. He said that Mark hired Wayne. Yes, and Wayne hired him. Mark didn't know anything about Jimmy being hired. Where's the money supposed to come from? Insurance from her death. Okay, and did he ever get paid? No. Then, almost eight months after Teresa Seaver's murder, Wayne Wright, Mark's lookalike best friend, suddenly turned on him and took a deal. Mr. Wright, why are you pleading guilty today to second-degree murder? Wayne Wright admitted killing Teresa. I'm, I'm pleading guilty uh, because of my role in the planning and participating of the murders, Teresa Seavers. He said the murder was all Mark's idea. And that's what police needed. Do you have any Mark, did you hire Wayne Wright to kill your wife? Mark Seavers was charged with the murder of his wife. Did you hire anyone to kill your wife? But Seavers' stepsister says he would never risk losing his children. She believes Wayne Wright had long envied his best friend's life, and he's the one who killed Teresa on his own. Why would Wayne kill Teresa? Because he's a sick man. Do you think Wayne was jealous of Mark? I think it's possible. Whether he's jealous of Mark or wanted to be Mark, I don't, I don't have any clue. Family and friends point to how Wainwright began to model himself after Seavers, even shaving his own head when Seavers started to go bald. I can't Greg Boland. They didn't look alike when we were younger. How much they, they morphed into each other over the years. If it was by chance or by their plan, I don't know. More than four years after Curtis Wainwright cut that deal to testify against Mark Seavers and ex-con Jimmy Rogers, the two men go on trial, but separately. Rogers' case went first, October 2019. Teresa Seavers' mother and siblings were in the courtroom. This case was about the perfect marriage. 
the perfect friendship, the perfect alibi, the perfect murder. Assistant State Attorney Hamid Hunter told the jury that Teresa Seaver's death was a classic case of murder for hire. Mark Seavers was miles away, while Curtis Wainwright and Jimmy Ray Rogers killed his wife. Mr. Wright hit her with the hammer. Hit her again. Mr. Rogers came out of nowhere. Mr. Rogers engages with his hammer, and he starts hitting her, hitting her, hitting her. Rogers' defense attorney, Kathleen Fitzgeorge. What you heard from the state attorney is what they believe or expect or hope the evidence will show. But it's a bumpy road because they haven't told you everything. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. The state actually believes Teresa Seavers was killed with two hammers, but only one was discovered on the Seavers' kitchen floor. They showed the jury that weapon and the damaging video evidence of the two men near the crime scene. Is this how you found this jumpsuit when you took it into your custody on the side of the road in Cadet, Missouri? Yes. A fiber from the jumpsuit worn by Rogers was found on Teresa's body. This time, the state calls Taylor Showmaker. Rogers' former girlfriend, Taylor Showmaker, appeared shaken when she entered the courtroom. She identified that blue jumpsuit. It's his jumpsuit. And told the jury Rogers confessed to her. And then asked him how, well, how, and he said with a hammer. Then the state called their star witness. Next witness. State calls Curtis Wright. In exchange for his testimony at both trials, Wright was allowed to plead guilty to second-degree murder and will spend 25 years in prison. Mr. Wright, who killed Dr. Teresa Severs? Uh... I did, Jimmy Rogers. How many times did you hit Dr. Severs with that hammer? Uh, three. Mr. Rogers came from somewhere and he started hitting her. What did he do? Just, just started hitting her over and over. How would you describe how he was hitting her? In a frenzy. 
Rogers did not testify, and his attorney, Donald McFarlane, called no witnesses, but told jurors they should not believe Curtis Wainwright. Curtis Wright's the only one who ever hit that woman. And he's lying to you to save his own worthless skin. Jimmy didn't have a hammer. The jury was out nearly two days, and then... I've been told we have a verdict. Is the state ready? Yes, sure. The defendant is guilty of second-degree murder. Rogers showed no emotion. He was sentenced to life in prison. And then, in November 2019, Mark Seavers went on trial for the murder of his wife. He spent much of the prior three years in jail, still denying he had any involvement. And his family was still behind him. Just haven't seen any evidence <laughs> that makes any sense as far as Mark being involved. Both his stepmother Jenny and stepsister Connie vowed to support him through the trial. I will do everything that I can to be there. Are you nervous about it? Yeah. Yeah. Please be seated. Mark Seavers, charged with first-degree murder of his wife, appeared unfazed, even though he faced the death penalty. The same prosecutors who tried Jimmy Rogers will use much of the same evidence in front of a different jury. This is a case in which 21st century technology became vital. Cell towers, cell tower dumps, call detail records that allowed massive amounts of data to be sorted, organized, and searched. But Seaver's defense attorney, Michael Mummert, says all that evidence only points to Curtis Wright and Jimmy Rogers as the killers. Curtis swings that hammer. Right in the side of the head. Followed by another one across the bridge of the nose. Curtis says, I struck Teresa three times in the head with a hammer. But Jimmy did the rest. Testifying again is Jimmy Rogers' former girlfriend, Taylor Showmaker, now with a new look. She says her ex was promised a payday, but she can't connect Seavers to it. And did he tell you how much money he expected to be making from this? Yes. And what did he tell you? I think it was 10000 the case again comes down to that star witness, Curtis Wainwright, who will now come face to face with his mirror image and once closest friend. Mr. Wright, who killed Dr. Teresa Severs? Uh, Jimmy Rogers and I physically did it, but uh, Mark Severs was also involved in the planning. For several hours, Wright testified against Seavers, the man he affectionately called his brother from another mother. Why did you do it? Um, I was asked to do it. By whom? Uh, Mr. Seavers. Wright told the jury that Seavers and his wife were having marital and money problems and that Seavers believed Teresa was planning to leave him and take the kids. The only option that he had was for her to die. Um, and he said that he needed to have her killed. 
When the judge asked Mark Seavers if he wanted to testify... I'm not going to testify. Okay. But I'd like to go home. This time, the jury was out just four hours. The families gathered in the court for the verdict. The jury find as follows as to the defendant in this case. Count one first-degree murder. The defendant is guilty of first-degree murder. Seavers, stoic at first, began to cry. In addition to the guilty verdict, the jury asked the judge to sentence Seavers to death. This is how former employee Frank Pays felt before the trial. What should happen to Mark Seavers? He's facing the death penalty. I, I think the death penalty is the easy way out. I think the, the pain and torture that he deserves is to sit in jail to the rest of his life thinking about his two pride and joy daughters. That should be his punishment. On January 3rd, 2020, Mark Seavers, now a convicted killer, returned to court to find out if he will get life in prison or be sentenced to death. Is it okay if I refer to my notes? Yes, sir, absolutely. This time, he agreed to speak, to plead for his life. Although a jury found me guilty, I am innocent of all charges, as I have maintained since this heinous crime took place. Our girls have tragically lost their mommy. And now they're about to lose their daddy as well. It didn't take long for the judge to rule. I judge uh, people's actions. I don't judge people's souls. That's for somebody else to do. Sir, I'm going to go ahead and adjudicate you guilty on each count. On the first count, first degree murder. And it's the order of the court that you be sentenced to death, sir. For Teresa's family, it's the end of an agonizing nearly five-year wait for justice. This has been an incredible nightmare from the beginning. Teresa took down three guys that took her from us. She was my modern-day Mother Teresa. I always called her that. Because she always was trying to help people. Our focus now huh, is to go on to take care. Take care of the girls. And uh, give them the love and support that they need. And we're glad that it's over. Justice has been served. The Seavers' children are being raised by Teresa's family. The judge denied Mark Seavers' request for a new trial. There's some questions that have to be asked and need to be answered. You're rolling? Okay, this is the building. Let's move quickly. Peter Van Sant with CBS News. Here we go. Do it. You flunked a polygraph test. I'm innocent. Do you still believe in your husband's innocence? Did you murder Yvonne Baldwin? What do you have to say to that? Do you believe that? No, I don't. Why didn't you help the police? Why did you buy that sledgehammer? Were you going to do some home improvement or were you buying a murder weapon?
Prime members, you can listen to the 48 Hours podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Or you can listen ad-free with Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at wondery.com survey. Catch every episode of 60 Minutes, America's most watched news magazine show, as a podcast. Hear in-depth investigations across politics, news, and entertainment on your schedule. Listen to 60 Minutes ad-free on Wondery Plus. The Hargan women seem to have it all. We were blessed. My mom was amazing. But detectives would soon discover... Inside the house, there were the bodies of two women. A story of betrayal you would struggle to believe if it wasn't true. I am just praying to God this is a sick joke. From 48 Hours, this is Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings early and ad-free on the 48 Hours Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts.